A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, gentlemen. Oh, are we, are we rolling? We are rolling. Rolling, Mike's rolling, hot, rolling, rolling. As you guys say. <laughs> right, well, let's go. Uh, right, let's get straight into this podcast then. We've had the European Challenge Cup and Champions Cup final. There's been lots of other rugby stuff to talk about, so let's get on with it. Hands in, pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. pod. Thank you very much for downloading the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, a podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We just love the game, and that's why we're back here talking about it once again. I'm Tim. That's JB. Hello, Tim. That is Phil. Hello, Tim. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, thanks for subscribing on iTunes or Acast. Thank you for leaving your reviews. Uh, Mikey D says, This podcast is as smooth as a shave provided by Cornerstone Razors. <laughs> we're not that smooth. <laughs> we're not. He's <laughs> had me hooked since the uh, World Cup. I'm appalled the pod has been overlooked by the chiefs of world rugby uh, as these guys would solve rugby's issues in a heartbeat. Now you're talking. Uh, yeah, and uh, for Rick us for Rick us four says this podcast is like a Jacques Berger, Andy Goode, Miles Benjamin hybrid. Wow. And central to my Monday morning commute. Hey, listen, that, that brought a tear to my eye, Rickus. It's very nice. Thank uh, you much. So if it, it's one moment of your day, if you enjoy the podcast and all we ask in return is one moment of your day, leave a review on iTunes. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, we have got so much to talk about, boys, on and off the field. Uh, where, where do you want to start? Mm, we could start big and go with the European Cup final. We could, slightly, or we could start slightly smaller and go with the Challenge Cup final. Let's go, let's go with the big dogs. Yeah, let's big do that. dogs. Well, well done, Saris. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I thought it was a really, really good game. They're going to get a lot of stick for how, they, for how they won, but I thought it was a complete vindication of what they do, how they do it, and they've been building for it. You say it's a really good game. That is the biggest criticism, that it was a dull uh, kick, it, kick fest. And particularly the first half where the conditions dictated... Uh, a lot of the play, and there were so many knock-ons. So yeah, there many, were a lot of, not, lot so of many repeat knock-ons as well. Where one racing knock-on, and then immediately Sarri's knock-on, yeah. and it gets stopped, and you have a scrum, and you have a reset scrum, and then you have a penalty. Yeah. So the first half wasn't great. Uh, the second half, it, it got a bit more play, a bit more continuity. Um, it wasn't like a really flashy, showy game. So nope. no tries or anything like that. There but was zero, was, zero flash in it. Zero flash, but it was. As you say, Jay, it was a, an incredible demonstration of the way that Saracens play and the intelligence of uh, the halfbacks, Wigglesworth, Wigglesworth yeah. and Farrell, their kicking and Goode's kicking as well. Yeah, Wigglesworth for England isn't a bad shot because he is oh, so good. I don't, I don't so want that. We've been, we've been there. I don't I want that. There. I don't want that. And Saracens, yeah. it was really, really effective. I don't. Maybe, maybe you're right. And actually, the style of 
I don't think Andy Jones will pick, play, want to play like that. We have the players to... to... Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I suppose Wigglesworth is there to do a job, which is to kick the territory, and obviously that's frowned upon by the rugby purists. But I would also say this. Watching Saracens, you say England don't want to play that way. Um, when the Saracens just... <laughs> JB! <laughs> Unbelievable. Of course, Unbelievable. JB. Of course. Um, when they when they just fan off, uh, fan out and get off the line, they commit no one to rucks. I think they look as good as anyone. I mean, that Racing team is a seriously large team with big ball carriers. And I think they went through something like 16 phases and got nowhere. Uh, oh, repeatedly, all game they got nowhere. And they were then forced yeah. um, forced to kick corners, which Carter, Tales, uh, Mashina, when, when they were on, and Bryce Doolan, actually, when they were on, they, they kind of did well but not as well as Saracens. Uh, I thought Mike Phillips had a good game. I thought when Mike Phillips came on, he played differently, but his style of play is the exact opposite to what you want playing Saracens. Well, it was he was good for the conditions because he is more robust and he's he's kind of simpler than Mashinode, and which the conditions meant it had to be. Yeah, but all his busting around the fringes and stuff. I mean, he got hit twice by Billy and he they got were smashed by they Billy. They were monster hits. That cause... was some um, yeah, there were some humongous hits. Right. So let's just talk about one man, right? Our, our trademark copyright uh prize-winning marrow phrase has <laughs> has spread all over the place now. Martin Bayfield uh, on Rugby Tonight, when he used the phrase prize-winning marrow, he very magnanimously and respectfully credited uh, <laughs> the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast, which we're grateful for. Did we make it up? I'm sure it was one of our listeners. It was actually it? one of our listeners. Yeah, I, need, I need yeah. to find the name of who that listener was because... Anyway, you sent them some stuff. There, there are, there's genuinely um, people who work in... Um, trademarking and copywriting who say that we would genuinely have a case for <laughs> or for owning the phrase well, prize winning marrow because it seems to be it's clearly our listener that, that, that owns the <laughs> yes. owns copyright but, but anyway want, anyway England Ru- England rugby's twitter account have been using it it's been all over the place it's been in newspapers and stuff but can i just read out his cv so he's 20 he's 21 years of age he captained England under 20s to a under 20s world cup win he Last season led the Saracens A side to the A League title, and he led the Saracens LV Cup team to the LV Cup. Nah. This season he's won the Champions Cup. He's won a Six Nations and Grand Slam. He hasn't lost a game he started this season. That's amazing. He, he was the yeah. man of the match in the quarter, semi, and final of the Champions Cup. He could go on and win the Aviva Premiership as well. Uh, it's unbelievable. Do you think, do you think he's going to be any good when he grows up? <laughs> <laughs> We've got a legend in the making, haven't we? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I saw, saw a tweet from Brian Moore saying, kind of, uh, even disregarding kind of his athletic ability and prowess, his decision-making for a 21-year-old yeah. is incredible. Yeah. And it really is. He He's almost got the rugby brain of kind of a... A veteran. Uh, yeah, like a, a Matfield rugby brain, but yeah. with the ability of someone, it, well, still to reach his prime, oh, which up. is well, incredible. Yeah. And who was it he ran through? I think it was... Um, Wenceslas yeah, Lorette. Lorette. Yeah, yeah. just about the first five I, minutes. I bang. loved that because uh, Billy was a decoy runner. And so yeah. there's people facing people focusing in on Billy and then Marrow just smashes his way through the middle. Here's a question for you, right? I assume... Marrow is on some contract which he got when he was probably in school or something, right? Uh, I would have thought they've refreshed that. <laughs> Do you reckon? <laughs> yes, yes, I would have thought so. Do you reckon yeah. he's getting paid what he's worth? 
Well, um, well, that's let, a different question. That is a different question, and that could link into something that we'll come on to in a minute. So yeah, okay. hold that thought. But I just think it's interesting how it really isn't that long ago, and we were saying our oh, launch brain laws. There, there are England lock partnership yeah. for for the next ten years, and yeah, yeah. Cruz and Itoje. Yes, but well, I mean the Saxons are going to look good, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> the Saxons uh, they go to South Africa in the summer, don't they? Do they? They've got two tours going on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a waste. I think they're, they're playing South Africa B at the, at the same time. and probably it, a few not be nice to give, give the players a rest? Let them like recoup, maybe do some rehab or uh, just let them relax a bit rather than put them, nah. send them to South Africa? <laughs> they can relax in South Africa. Now, mm. now, now, now. I, I put a tweet out just after the final whistle, preemptively, and you had a reaction to it on your yep. own Twitter account, JB. So I preemptively tweeted, before anyone starts throwing digs about Saracens and money... Um, in you know, in sort of kind of reference to salary cap accusations, yeah, cheese in the salary cap, yeah, that sort of thing. I said before, accusation, before people throw digs at Saracens uh, about the pounds that are flying around, and I couldn't, I didn't have enough tweet characters to fit all the names I wanted to, so I just picked some. I said academy graduates, Good, um, Cruz, mm-hmm. Itoje, mm-hmm. George, but there's more, Farrell, yeah. and. Um, there's more and I said players from the championship Wiles from Nottingham Duplessis from Nottingham Taylor got taken from the lower leagues as well was it London Scottish I don't know but I can't remember actually the South African contingent they brought in these aren't the best South Africans are they I mean they're very good Hargreaves no yeah 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 Yeah, and and undoubtedly 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 they spent some you know money that they got Billy Vanapola in and they got Shout Brits in and they they, they got some big names in and Hodgson but actually a lot of the money they spent wasn't on that starting 15 you look at the starting 15 academy graduates lower league acquisitions and they've and not only that they've you can you can talk about salary cap in relation to the Aviva Premiership but when you're talking Europe they beat a racing Dean Carter's Racing 92 side that cost way more, more. Yeah. way more well okay so 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 the way they've so my point being is we shouldn't just go oh salary cap cheats money nah. we should actually identify what it is that makes them special because okay, they're, so they're, better, they're better than the sum of their parts yeah. okay, mm. well okay so two points here uh, point number one salary cap violations don't hold any water with me in the European Cup because they just don't now the Aviva later, uh, later on this month yeah, that is going to be a problem because clearly they have an advantage over that competition. But in Europe, it's all it's all fair game. Second point, the people who will be most angry with you now are probably London Irish fans and probably Sale fans who are bringing up these guys through the academy but can't afford to keep them. And I think that's where the salary cap violations uh, really Sa- Sale can afford to keep their players. It's not money that's the reason that, that Sale have lost loads of players. I it's, it's, bet they it is. Got, everyone's, no. everyone's got no. their price. Everyone's got, got no. no it's, it's not Sip money. Got, Cipriani got offered the same same amount it's of not money, money from Sale. Tommy Taylor as... could have got plenty of wedge staying at Sale. Yeah, but they want it. They want to go and play in the big competitions in front of big crowds. But if they stay together, they will play they, in the big they competitions. Could, but not in, it, not in front of big crowds. I mean, the point is, you've got to spend money initially, big money initially, to have that kind of ballast to keep all the young players in anyway. So when Saracens go out and spend money, and I think it's fairly well documented that their players are allegedly paid not the exact market rate, the official market rate, if that makes sense. There was a quote by Steve Diamond who said that his that the Saracens hookers were all being paid less than his 21-year-old Tommy Taylor. And, uh, and, there's, two international, and there's two internationals there. But... He can't know that because nothing's transparent. 
Mm. There's, there's no uh, transparency. People, people talk. There are agents. There's talk about some players' wives have being secretaries mm. and at the club on quite good money yep. and, and cleaning um, <laughs> services for good wedge. Uh, so there's all sorts of creative ways. But I guess what I'm saying is let's park that for now. You can talk about that again another time. But this competition, that is no advantage Agreed. Because they've beaten the French teams who have yeah. way bigger resources. Yeah. And, and they beat Toulouse twice. Yeah. Uh, and they've obviously just beaten Racing. Yeah. And I actually think it's the because the French team don't have a salary cap. Well, they do. I, I, okay. But it's so big, you can basically spend more, more or less what you want, which is why Racing have got just yeah. that backline of superstars. It's so big. And then you have these supplemental deals, which are completely yeah. transparent, which are on the table, but can uh, enhance it. Well, I think because of that, Racing didn't play particularly good rugby. They played good defence, but their attack lacked imagination. It lacked flair. In fact, there was absolutely nothing. The the most effective strategy they had against Saracens was to stand static, get three people in a pod, and then latch on and drive for two or three yards. Never saw him off cut loose, did you? No. No, no, jumping into into the wages thing you were talking about, I have got the details here of the 10 biggest salaries that will be in next season's Aviva Premiership. And this all came about because you know who is top of that list. Uh, Kurtley Beale. Presumably will be rescinded now, right? They'll try and get get themselves out. Yeah, so the big development is one day after his move to Wasps was announced, which incidentally I mentioned on the podcast about six months ago. Yes, you did. No, no, we heard it from Neil Neil Fissler. (laughs) Definitely Neil Fissler Fissler mentioned it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Mr. Pistol's boring grill. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> so, one day, 24 hours after Kirtley Bill was announced as Wasp's high profile marquee signing on a reputed £750,000 a year for two years. That is a hell of a lot of money. Hmm. He does a, a very rare, very significant, I think was the word that was used, knee injury, which oh. is a, a, a suspected ruptured patella tendon, which will see him out for. Up to a year. Yes, <laughs> that's awful. The kind of early reports are six to twelve months, which could mean he would miss the whole of next season. So one year from now, and it's the the next Aviva Premiership final, and he's missed the entire seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds. It's really bad. Uh, I can only imagine like Wasps HQ. Everyone running around trying to unplug fax machines and <laughs> turn off the Wi-Fi to make sure the contract doesn't come back. And, and keeping Charles Piotel hostage. <laughs> yeah. You're not going anywhere, sunshine. Uh, right, but so I've got the top 10 play, uh, top players in the Premiership next season. Just chuck some, chuck some names. Ooh. I've got the top 10. Take it in turns and see who can... Like, like um, Family Fortunes, okay. Okay. where they try and guess who's on the leaderboard. Try and guess. Just one question. How yeah. many are currently playing in the Premiership? Or is this all the new guys coming in? It, in, it includes one, two, three, including Kirtley Beale, it includes four new arrivals. Four new arrivals. So there's six, okay. six existing Premiership players, four new arrivals. Okay. I think I'll do quite well on this. So, uh, Phil, you have first, You can go first. Okay. Kirtley Beale, we know, is number one. You've got nine more to pick from. I'm going to say, uh, top of my list, coming in, Louis Pickamoles. Louis Pickamoles, £420,000 per year, third. Well, third. Third on the list. I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you points mm. for the position okay. you get. Okay. The lower score wins. Okay. All right, okay. so Phil's on three, Louis Pickamoles. So do I need to, if I pick highest, is that worth more or less points? That's worth point? less points because it's a lower number. So two is worth less than three. Oh right, you're so, going for the lowest score, so higher up the higher up the list. Got you. Lowest score. Right, yeah. so Manu. 
will be two. Manu Tuolangi, 425,000. Yeah. Just, just a, a little 5K, bit of loose change down the back of the sofa. Exactly. Gets him into second place. Yes, you're right. So the top, a- um, top three. Money, that. Top three. Kirtley Bill, 750. Manu Tuolangi, 425. Wow, that's third, a hell of a difference. <laughs> third, Louis Pickamol, 420. You could afford to get a... Uh... Manu and say George Ford for the Kirtley Beale money. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go with. Wait, 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 it's oh, my oh, turn, oh, oh, JB. Oh, oh. Okay, fine. Oh, you know, tell me who you're going to go with and then I'll pick that person. No, it's fine. <laughs> you fire away, mate. You fire away. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go. I think he was allegedly on 400,000, was the contract he was offered by sale. I'm going to go for Cipriani. Sippers oh, is joint fourth on 400K. Yeah, 400K. So I've got. Uh, you've got seven. Three plus four. Killing it. Uh, that's killing it. Me, my best quick. mate, Nev, for killing it. <laughs> Seven fills on JB on two. What you got? Uh, Matt Timua is the joint fourth. Yay. So JB's still a point ahead. Of course I am. <laughs> Gone. Come, Phil. Hmm. Hmm. Come on, Phil. There's one more new arrival to one the Premiership, arrival. and there's five existing Premiership players. No. F- uh, Four more existing Premiership players. Okay, existing Premiership player. Uh, Come on, Phil. I'm going to say. Come on, Phil. Nick Evans. Ooh, that's uh, a good uh, no. Not on the top ten. All right. Let let me correct you here. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be Low from Bath. Uh, uh. What? Wow. How is he not paid in the top ten? Wow. Well, these are reported wages, so it could well be that... Uh... All right, I'll tell you something that's quite an interesting thing, because this will help you. Right, okay. There are go. no Bath or Saracens players in the that's top ten. No, I that's... won't have it. I won't have it. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean Sh- Scout Burger, com- Burger coming in, World Cup winner Scout Burger coming in, is not going to be one of the top ten players? No, he's just well, supposed to make this, is, this is the reported... <laughs> this, uh, again, as you say, in terms of it's, transparency, there there's, no no, there's no necessity for clubs to be... To, to okay. give this information. Okay, I am going to say uh, New Zealand tight head prop John Ofoa. Yes, is oh, is fifth. Well done. Yes. Uh, okay, uh, Peterson uh, for Leicester. JP mm. Peterson. No. What? So Phil, you get next shout. I'm getting hammered here. There's three more Premiership players right, I've, and I've one got one newbie. And they, all right, okay. So there's I've got one nailed there's on. There's three Premiership players, all England internationals, and there's one incoming player. Okay. Oh, all England internationals. England internationals. George North isn't on that list. Uh, I'm going to say Rob Shaw. Rob Shaw is in joint eighth I'll place. Go, there's I'll three go, players I'll, all eighth, yes. Yeah, so there's three players all eighth. We, we know the other two, which would be Marla. No. Ah, what? No, Phil, 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 you get a shout. Get so a I'm going to say uh, Mike Brown. Yes. Hang on, Marla, Brown and Rob Shaw are all on the same No, league. no, you've got it wrong. You've got it wrong. Care. Yes, Damn it. yes. Oh. Care Brown and Robshaw all on the same. How money. is Marlon not not in that bracket? There's one. Okay, so basically Phil's won this because he's guessed more people. So that um, makes and he's much better. Yeah. So there's what, but there's one more on the list. One more incoming player that you haven't picked. Uh, uh, in the top ten. Not Falatau. He's going to Bath. He'll only be paid like you know. Oh uh, yeah, of course. Um, oh, Charteris. No, he's going to Bath. No, he's going to Bath. Bath. <laughs> so again, we don't know. So, uh, so how Charteris? Falatau, oh Skelberg. <laughs> That's cool. Completely legit. Completely legit. Um, <laughs> One incoming player, potential England international. Ben Tail. Yes. Uh, Worcester. £360,000. They're going to regret wow. that. Right, John Afoa in fifth, £390,000. If you were a Gloucester fan, do you think you've got your money's worth out of John Afoa? <laughs> Have you wow. seen? So, uh, 
friend of the pod, CJ, uh, texted me in JB the other day because Gloucester have signed Denton from yeah, Leinster. Tom Denton, yeah. He said, um, what constitutes a good quality forward in Gloucester's mind? I, I just don't understand it. Uh, well, because it's not going to solve their problems, I, not, would, I, would, really, I wouldn't suggest. Not really. Yeah, they've, uh, they've got a somewhat shaky record of uh, picking up forwards. Yes. But next yeah. year they'll be fine. Yeah, like, lot, well, Jeremy Thrush has been all right. He's been all right. He's been all right. He's been all right. But, uh, yeah, just a proper enforcer lock. There's lots of clubs have been signing them. But... Do you think it's just one of those things? It's just a cultural thing. Back in the day, whoever played for Leicester, no matter you know how low down the teams they were, as soon as they put on the Leicester first team shirt, they'd go and win a European. But that's Cup. the thing with Gloucester that I don't get. Gloucester always had a fierce, yeah. fearsome pack. We've that like, was a long time ago. No, no, well, it wasn't that long ago. Ten, 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 ten years, years ago. The, the, the when was the last really good Gloucester pack? Vickery Woodman, Azam. Vickery yeah. Woodman, Azam, Alex Brown in the second row with that absolute meathead of a guy that played second row and six. He was like a local guy, played for Gloucester his whole career. Oh, uh, not, I was going to say Jake Boar, not Jake Boar. It was. Um, oh, they're Jake Boar in the back, back row. Ja- oh, I know who you mean. I know exactly who you Buxton. mean. Buxton. Buxton. Buxton, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hang on, wasn't Buxton? Just a brute of a man. Yeah, Buxton, he was like a six, sec, sec, six, six or second, second row. Six. I'm going to go, I'm going to go one further. I think the last really good fearsome Gloucester pack was probably the pack with Junior Parrymore in it. That's how far back you've got to go to <laughs> a, a top class uh, 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 Gloucester forward pack. Mm. So, in a long time. Uh, right, well, let's talk about the... Well, no, actually, right, um, we'll get to the Challenge Cup in just a second, but uh, I want to make sure that people get to, to you know, because... Oh, what am I trying to say? I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just because we've been putting the the mention about the wonderful work that Cornerstone do right at the end of the podcast, and I think we should move it further up. Because... Exactly. Good business. I mean, it's good for the listeners. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> no, no. We want, as, we want as many people to hear about the wonderful work exactly. that Cornerstone do. We most certainly do. So why, why don't you take it away, Phil, this time? Me? Yeah, take it away. Come on. Okay, then. <laughs> it's wonderful, wonderful product. Uh, very simple uh, delivery razor service. Yes, Phil. Which sign up, sign up at corner, cornerstone.co.uk forward slash egg chasers or use the code egg egg ten at checkout for ten pounds off your first delivery. Yeah. Uh, and with your first delivery, you get a free engraved with your initials. You got you know nice engraved, perfectly balanced, precision engineered shaft uh, for your for your shaving. But the £10 discount means you get it practically for free. You can try it and see what the fuss is about. Loads of people love it. We're big fans of them. And clearly, lots and lots of our listeners, judging by the messages we get... On Twitter. Our, our Twitter feed is full of Cornerstone stuff. Because, as I say every week, I am literally amazed how many people do this each oh, and every week. You've I'm just amazed. reminded me of something. Literally. Oh, I've got to play you this before we go, go any further. Ooh. So I was in the car and I was listening to um, Five Live and it was 6.06, the football phone-in. Oh, brilliant. And I heard Ian Wright. And uh, here we go, I'm going to get it for you. Come on. I think that after the... We were talking about it earlier on. I think that the performance at City, the 3-1 performance at City made a lot of people sit up and say, hang on a minute, whoa. 
you know, I mean, yes, we know that they've been doing very well, but the way they literally tore City to shreds. Which oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Poor City. Does anyone know about this? <laughs> Sounds like there's a human rights violation. <laughs> it's against the spirit of the game, let alone the laws of the game. Yeah. That's really... Against the laws of the land, never mind the game. <laughs> Goodness me. No one knows people who were sitting up taking notes. Uh, so Cornerstone is literally the best razor out there and there's evidence to back that up with uh, the fact they won the best razor award at the GQ awards beating Wilkinson Sword Gillette and all the other pretenders so get the best get the t- discount on it and go and try it and see what the fuss is about cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers um, challenge cup boys yes wow this is a story all about one man, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, uh, there God, were two I teams. Know. There were two teams playing. Uh, there was a whole ben- bench involved, and yet one man managed to dominate it. And I don't think, I don't think there's a less popular man in their club as this one guy, before and even more so afterwards. Yeah. In fact, I'm not going to mention his name yet. But even when Nick Evans went to do a studio interview with, <laughs> it was Brian, Brian Moore. Moore. Brian Moore. Brian Moore. <laughs> He didn't. He didn't even use use this man's name. So I'm not going to either. He just referred to him as the reserve fly half. Harlequin's reserve. <laughs> Nick Evans referred to him as Harlequin's reserve fly yeah, half. Yeah, I want reserve fly half. <laughs> Poor man. I well, sorry for him. Can I read a, an entry from his current Wikipedia page, which <laughs> yes, someone please. has updated? Yes, please. Oh, poor Ben. It says of uh, the Harlequin's reserve fly half. His last appearance for Harlequins came as a sub against Montpellier in the European Challenge Cup final. Quinn's lost 1926, and Botica will be best known for his inexplicable kick to nothing as his team <laughs> chased an unlikely draw after the 80th minute. Many observers, including former Lion Brian O'Driscoll, found the choice hard to explain. Some pointed to Botica's choice of choice to kick possession back to Montpellier twice in the final two minutes, which would be, would be regarded by most players and coaches as unthinkable, as an indication that he was unwilling to play a part in defeating his imminent employers. Botica now plays for Montpellier, who as a result of their win against Quinns will play in the Champions Cup in the 2016-17 <laughs> season. Oh, Quinns, will be play- Quinns will be playing in the Challenge Cup in the 2016-17 season, thanks to Botica's similarly in- inexplicable decision to kick to Ben Foden from a winning position in the English top division resulting in a telling defeat as Quinns missed out on sixth place. Quinns were said to be devastated at losing such a valued talent and a big game winner. A source <laughs> close to the coaching staff said cough. <laughs> That's his current I, Wikipedia page. Oh. I loved, as soon as he did it they uh, panned to Conor O'Shea in the stands oh, and he was God. like ah. j- jaw on the floor. He was aghast. He could not believe what he'd just seen. Ah. The Ben Bosco thing is very hard for me to explain, okay? He's not particularly good. I think we can all agree he's reasonable, but he's not good. He's got, he's got, he's a, a, an okay squad yeah. player. Disconcertingly yeah. short legs. Yes. yes. So if he's not that good, right, and he's not a young man who they're developing for next season, so he doesn't need the game time, and you're in a cup final. Why even play him? Why not leave the old the, uh, the old man Nick Evans on, who is the hobby hobby of your team, and try and win try and win the thing? Surely they have a better chance to win with Nick Evans playing than Ben Botsker. But they do I, this I think, every week. Well, I think Nick Evans, who only came back from a leg break uh, a few weeks ago, I don't think he's properly fit. I think they've rushed him back because he's obviously a considerably better player than Botsker. But I don't think he was fit in that game. But, I mean, you look at Dan Collins yesterday. He wasn't fit. But no. because he's the better player, well, that's they, they kept him on for as long as they could. But he, he went off after 50 minutes but because he you, wasn't... 
But who cares? It's a final. I mean, that's that's when you when you're supposed to go off injured. Yeah, but if if he's if the restricted injury restricted performance mm. of Evans is at, at the same level as Botica's kind of full full uh, fitness performance. It doesn't really make a difference, does it? It's what you can I tend to the think they'd have been better just keeping Evans on. I, I don't I know do, why they made I the do think uh, Evans wouldn't have Evans on one leg wouldn't have done that in the 18, no. 80th no, God, minute. God, God, I, 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 I would like to say that there's absolute the, the the chances of Quinn's going and scoring and converting were still heavily against them. So especially Botka's taking the conversion. Yeah, <laughs> it probably it probably had no impact on the result. The odds would dictate. However, it was just unthinkable. That is yeah. the word. I bet he's the, going to have the quietest leaving party. Well, he was. It's, it's, he was. He, he got punching the floor afterwards. He got changed into a Montpellier strip and went and uh, collected, a, with his collected a winner's medal. <laughs> <laughs> Who have Montpellier got playing at ten now? Uh, Talles. No, Talles plays for Racing. Talles is oh, Racing, of yeah. course. Uh, they had Katrikilis starting at ten. Yeah. Dimitri Katrikilis, but um. Tranduke is a Montpellier player. I think he's gone to. Is he gone to Toulon? Tranduke. That rings a bell. He, yeah. Uh, but he's he's so injury prone. Tranduke. Anyway, Bot- mm. Botico, I can't imagine is going there to start. And uh, yeah, he's just his everybody's for Jamie Roberts' face afterwards. Was... Oh my god. But apart from that, so Quinns were almost lucky to be in that position because yeah. I think Montpellier were the better better side for most of the game, but they play this kind of. Uh, controlled attritional game where they don't score many points. Um, yep. So even against Dragons in the the semi final, they never they were completely dominant for the whole game, but they never kind of accumulated uh, the lead that their dominance deserved. And, and the, in this game was the same. And then the yard try, which was a lovely kick through by Mike Brown for Yard to collect and power over, allowed Quinns to to be fighting after eighty minutes. Yeah, it, it's interesting, wasn't it? Because um... Montpellier's forward pack are monstrous. But I, I think if there's an English team which could beat them, it would have been Quinns, or obviously Saracens. Uh, but yeah. Quinns would beat them when they have one of the one of those days and they just tear loose. Unfortunately, it wasn't one of those days. No, no. Uh, so who will come in to replace Bo- Botica? Just some well, speculation now. Is Tim, Tim Sweel is still there, isn't yeah. he? I don't know. I've not heard or seen of Tim Where's Sweel. Where's Lazowski for- going? He's going to uh, Saracens. He's going to right. Saracens. Going to Saracens yeah. So because uh, that that would have been a good Quinn's fit, I think. Well, well, they've tried it with the young fly off before. They had um, Clegg. Clegg, no, Jack. no, but he's he's very Lazowski's very much a kind of loose field runner, mm. kind of Jackson kind from of Wasps. Ten. Jackson from Oh, he is going. Oh, he's oh, going oh, to yes. Quinn's. Yeah. Yeah. Jackson, yeah. I'm not sure that's a great signing. <laughs> it's an all right signing, but it's not a great signing. It's not going to be the replacement for Nick Evans, surely. No, I w- well, I mean, you look at that that list of wages I gave in the Premiership, and it shows how important a good ten is. That Danny Cipriani's right up there. He's not one of the best players, but uh, uh, he's up there on like the third highest paid player. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. not even because sure because it's so important. And Sale, I'm not sure AJ McGinty's going to solve that problem. I'm not sure Rory Jackson's going to solve Quinn's nope. problem. Uh, what's your initial thoughts, Tim? Like, let's just rewrite history a bit and say the patella tendon injury in Curtis Beale's knee never happened. What was your thought of having Cipriani and Curtly Beale in the same midfield? Less, uh, I mean, on the pitch, fantastic. Off the, off the pitch, <laughs> a potential disaster. <laughs> as, as Coventry ready for this? Well, yeah, I mean, there's that. No, it's going to be good times. Do you really think? I mean, we do have video evidence of what a Curtly Beale Cipriani midfield would would look like, and even with um, well, Sterling... Beale, Beale's going to be fullback, isn't he? So no, 12. They're, they're, they're eyeing him up as a 12. 
He plays a lot of 12 for um, Waratahs. Yeah. Because obviously Falau. I mean, can you imagine Jamie Roberts running down the channel of uh, Curtly Beale and, and Cipriani? Cipriani. He, might, he would make four yards a carry. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just don't really see... I mean, fullback, I'm with you. I think he'd be a very good option for fullback. But if it's true what they're saying about him being 10 and Beale being 12, not that it's ever going to happen now, but if that was the case, well, we know exactly what it, what it looked like. It happened in the Rebels, and it's not actually that impressive. And well, in this league where you need to defend well, I'm not entirely sure it's a good idea. I think Beale, as a 12, has come on massively from when he was at, at Rebels. He's got a lot more game Probably. time there. He was kind of... Back then, and uh, when the Lions visited in 13, he was considered more as a fullback, but a bit of a utility. He's now more of a specialist 12. So I think it is... I think it's... It's a better signing than it would have been four or five years ago. Mm. Um, and we'll, I, I fi- actually... well, and we'll find out in 2017-18 how good a signing he is. Yes, oh. <laughs> yeah. In two years' time, we'll we'll know. I feel so but sorry for him. It could. It'll. I think it's. It is defensively. There's question marks, but all you have to do is kind of make sure that Haskell's loose and play him in that channel, defending in that channel, mm. and it off- offensively it means you can unleash Daly, Wade, Halai. In, in, in those outside backs, I think it could be very good. I don't know. I've got I've got my reservations about it. Well, again, Probably we're not going to. If they can gonna find out next season, if they can get they? them both to the the stadium on time and <laughs> relatively sober, <laughs> then then it'll be good. I think more's the point. I think more's the point that they now have a seven hundred and fifty thousand pound hole that they need to well, forget the money. They need to fill that whatever role they had earmarked him for. They need yeah. to fill that role, and who do they go and get now? Everyone's kind of well, wrapped up. That the money they can elsewhere. get whoever they want, but they can't because they'll be paying Curtly Beale to well, set I'm sure, the insur- I'm sure insurance will uh, offset that. Know. But that's not the money's well, the money's one thing, but actually, it's whatever role they was going to fill, whether it be twelve, yeah. whether it be fifteen. They need to well occupy I, I, that position. I'd offer uh, Piatau's brother, the old, the elder Piatau, yeah, um, significant money to stay. I know he's going to Japan, so he will be offered some good money in Japan. But well, I, I'd, I'd try and keep him because he's played. Very, very well. Tim is right regarding maybe there could be some insurance or something like that. Something so the club don't bear the brunt of that contract. It'd be interesting if the contract is actually signed yet. That'd be the first thing to know. Second thing is, yes, you are right, but it, if the contract stays and is enforceable, they've got another problem that uses up their, sal- their, their salary cap. Well, marquee player, marquee space. player yes. And that's far more serious than the actual money. I mean, money's fairly easy to come by for clubs like Wasps and Saracens. Cap space is not, and marquee yeah. space is that's, particularly rare. That's the question. So if he is, if it's, the deal's done, he's and he's sidelined for the next twelve months, and that second marquee place is gone, and they can't get a marquee player in, they would have to get either a young young English player or someone who's going to only God, take up hundred k. I'm sure they the won't. I'm sure they won't do what they could potentially do. But in a lot of players' contracts in the Premiership, yeah, uh, there is a, a stipulation that if you are not available due to injury for 26 weeks consecutive weeks in uh, a row your contract can be terminated mm. which well we I, we don't know that this has happened with Gareth Delve all we know that there was a statement made from Osprey saying um Gareth Delve's contract has been terminated uh, that was it that was the extent of the statement but i think that was when was that him that was like this weekend oh, was i it? think that's due because basically he ha- he always has been a bit of a body wreck yeah and um he hasn't played i've i'd, I'd forgotten that he'd even signed for ospreys yeah, yeah. I, I as well to be fair but um well what about but i don't think they do that with someone like Curtly Beale. But, but what about someone like halfpenny i mean halfpenny has been warned that he will not be paid if he goes on tour with wales uh, that's just bougie lad being yeah. a bluster 
But he does have a good point, do you not think? It, oh, de- no, well, it depends he, what's in his contract. He, he can't just... He can't no, just not like pay for him. example, Jonathan Davies isn't going to be released from Claremont for the Wales England game. Right, yeah. so because I mean, it's that's not... like, that game's a complete waste of time to start with. But, Can, but well, well, yeah. the, the top fourteen doesn't finish to the end of June, which they've got we... a month off. They've got four weeks off. Yeah, and preseason. But oh, they have a week. Preseason begins the day after the final. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> but, uh, but most of Wales is tour to New Zealand. Uh, Davis will be unavailable if, assuming that Claremont. Um, but, no, they, they can't. The they can't. Four. I don't think they can stop him from playing in oh, sanctioned IR uh, or World Rugby Test. It's just in the in the uh, warm up game. Okay. Yeah, warm up in because that's outside the international. I really window. do think Bouge has got a really strong point here. He pays halfpenny, a lot of money. Last time we saw halfpenny, he was in a whale shirt. Yeah. Prior to that, he was injured also in a whale shirt. I mean, he's paid him close to what three hundred, four hundred thousand pounds for the year, and he's seen I him think twice. More, I think it's more than that. Yeah. Doesn't this go back to something we touched on last week, which is like. Actually, there's a lot. Uh, look at the, we talked about the wages of those three Harlequins guys, three hundred twenty thousand pounds each. That's, ne- that's almost a million pounds of Harlequins cap space taken up by three, three. England internationals who they only get to play half the season. Is you could get two, three really good, solid Premiership campaigners who, yeah, who, who could cover that off. Maybe not give you the moment of brilliance of a Danny Care, but yeah, absolutely right, but, Tim. Absolutely right. Qu- Quins do. They kind of they like. And they're always top of the English um, English qualified and English uh, grown players. They do like having the English players there more so than almost any other any other club. Um, it's a shame, really, that nothing this week has happened regarding a global season, or we'd have uh, we'd have more to talk about. <laughs> well. Funny you say that, JB, because we did mention on last week's podcast that in Leon, not just the two finals, but a big convention of world rugby was coming together. It was ushering in Bill Bowman as the new chairman for the next year of World Rugby, taking over from Augustine Peashot, who, when they had their little transfer of power ceremonial <laughs> photos, Augustine Peashot, inexplicably... I mean, there's two things that were inexplicable. Ben Botica kicking <laughs> when they were already in uh, added time in the Challenge Cup final. And secondly, Augustine Peashot wearing white trainers with a suit. It and and awful. Bl- with a blazer and chinos. It was horrific. It was awful, actually. In the official World Rugby Instagram picture. What was he thinking? But Bill Bowman has come out and said that the, the Six Nations should be moved to April. I have no problem with that. I think it's quite an inter- interesting way of solving a few problems. So that would mean that you'd get all the domestic competition completed by April. So uh, European Champions Cup, Challenge Cup and Premiership and Pro 12 and all that. And then you'd have uh, six, seven weeks of, of the Six Nations followed immediately by the summer tour. Mm. What what happens during the Six Nations? Would that be also like an LV Cup uh, six, no, six, seven weeks for the young, for the young the players? No, I know, but, no, no, but, could, but does, that mean, every, does that mean everyone else's season would end? Because actually... I think like, so. Mm. I, I, I would, I'd have an LV Cup or something like that. Why not? Do what you want with it. Who you, cares? Could, you could do it like... <laughs> <laughs> you do it like a proper... I'm not watching it. A proper um, knockout... LV Cup, yeah, and um, LV Cup like the the stars of the LV Cup for the past few years. People like Slade, like Jack Noll, like Itoji. Yeah, it's, it's it's good to to watch for these kind of emerging talents. Will we still have the autumn tests? Presumably, yeah. So everything's going to be in a really trun- truncated six months domestic, six months international. Basically, is yeah. the way it was. Oh, I don't like it. I, I'm say, I don't I, like it. I, I quite I, like it. I, I can see the merit of it. I quite like. The Six Nations in the mud of February, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, you I do get. I will miss Six Nations in February because I love it. But I don't have a problem with moving any games anywhere. I'm not precious about the time of year. 
I am a little bit precious, though, about saying six months international, it, as we said last week, six months domestic. I, it, wouldn't, I, it wouldn't be six months international. It would be the, the far longer period domestic. So it would be September to, to April. And then you would have the international window in, in what the, is the rest period. Yeah. Hmm. So, may, um, yeah. Just, again, it's just down to volume of games. I want less games, not more. So there would be five games in Six Nations. Yeah. Then, then there would be three, four three games or four in the games in the summer. So, so you got nine. So that's a two month. Well, you'd have that across a three month period because yeah. Six Nations is five games happens over seven weeks. Yeah, and then you'd have like a two two three week break, and then you'd have the the tours. It's it's more it's similar to how uh, the Southern Hemisphere yeah, traditionally works, where it they is, have yeah. the Super Rugby finishes. I know it's different this year. Yeah, Super Rugby finishes. They have the summer tours. They then have the Tri Nations. They then go into the uh, Autumn Internationals, and you get those. Those international players, New Zealand are together as a unit for three, four months at mm. a time, and it doesn't really do them much harm, does it? No, not at all. Now, I, I don't mind the change of times. I just you just need to ensure that the player welfare is, oh, com- is seen to. Completely That's... agree with that. And, and oh my RPA... god, Jay, what is going on to Jay? What is happening to no, no, JB? It, it is important because oh the, my god, keeps... the, the the attritional nature. It's like the I can, no, I completely I completely agree. But the, the words coming out in your mouth <laughs> in recent podcasts, I don't like these. Just... I don't like these words. But <laughs> I, I, I believe you said uh, they have a duty of care to these, to, these, to these players. <laughs> uh, I, I just look at the model that the NFL use, and I think this the product that they put out is so much better because it's so much more condensed and you get the best players playing all the time and that's all I want to see I just want to see high quality rugby yeah I agree yeah. I'm, not, I'm actually not even joking here it is something that happens to you when you become a father it does turn <laughs> it turns a tap you've, on you've not been following my, my Twitter account I can oh, tell no, you no I've seen that to be fair <laughs> oh dearie me I, I, I always have a glance during question time <laughs> the Eurovision saying? Song Contest uh, last night got some interesting tweets coming out of your uh, account dearie me. <laughs> Do you I tell you, I'm talking, talking of interesting tweets we can talk about Eurovision in a second if you want uh, talking about interesting tweets have you seen Jonathan Davies has got himself in trouble no, no I've not, I'm not seen it whilst commentating on the rugby league for, oh. uh, for the BBC he someone said someone tweeted saying oh they can't like he's called Jiffy Rugby yeah Jiffy. His Twitter account. Jiffy's they went, nickname, oh, isn't at it? Jiffy Rugby can't can't stand it. I'm having to turn the sound off. Jiffy Rugby quote tweeted that, so he showed everyone that tweet and then made a comment. Another minger is piping up. <laughs> wow, that's the kind of thing that Neil t- Neil Fissler would tweet. Yeah, <laughs> not or, listening. Or Stephen Jones. <laughs> yeah, Stephen. Well, s- speaking of speaking of bad commentary, yes, yes, first. I I put myself through the Sky commentary for the uh, European Champions Cup final. Why? So I could listen to Stuart Barnes. Okay. It was, it was like kind of making me angry mm-hmm. because obviously we're currently reading Smelling of Roses. Oh, yeah, that's that's the update. So in the off-season, we're going to have a... Book club. A, a rugby book club, oh, which that... which we'd love you to get on board and join in with. We'll let you know what book we're reading. We all currently have a hardback copy of Smelling of Roses, which we got for the princely sum of 1p a copy on Amazon. Actually, can I make an appeal to our listeners? If you want to be part of the book club and write me a... And write me a book report on any rugby <laughs> book that you wish. Please do so. And if they're good, we'll read them out. Or just like, or just highlight a brilliant passage and and, and transcribe an amazing little passage. Yeah. Um, in a book that we could maybe read out. Because in the off season, we're going to have the the Egg Chasers book club. 
Well, just just one little one a, little, little tease, one little snippet. How, uh, how many pages in have you got, Phil? Uh, I've struggled through twenty-four pages so far. <laughs> wow! I can only read a few pages at the a fo- time. The forward by Keith Floyd was was, <laughs> was promising. Quite, that was quite interesting. Um, so, listen, listening to <clears throat> Stuart Barnes commentating yesterday, this little snippet comes across as one of the most ironic things I've ever read. So, written in nineteen ninety-four. He's talking about uh, coaches at the time, but this could easily be translatable to, say, uh, commentators and TV pundits. Stuart Barnes says, There are many ex-players in exalted coaching positions who either played too long ago or at too low level to understand the game Mm. and who remain saddled with ill-conceived notions. Interesting. That is the, the epitome of irony, listening to Stuart Barnes now and his kind of... Lack of understanding of the modern game. It is. I know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say Stuart Barnes too much because one day we might need him. But it, it, <laughs> it is weird. I've always been... said I don't. I I don't have nearly as much of a problem as other people appear to. I think he's. All, I think he's all right. I think he's all right. He's all right. He, he just doesn't seem to know anything. He has such a high opinion of. Yeah. He he thinks he knows everything. He talks if he thinks he knows everything. But he, from what I'm watching, he is clearly watching something completely he, different. He said something in the Lions when Owen Farrell comes on, and it something like, uh, "Well, they're going to clearly win now," or so, it was something so absurd. <laughs> and then he rewound uh, during the Lions commentary. Said, I don't know why I just said that. I mean, it's not clear they're going to win. I mean, you know, the twelve points down. And I'll, I'll tell you someone who's very good at analysis, and it does pay me to say it because he's a bit of a joker. But if you listen to someone like Austin Healy, some of his analysis is absolutely spot on. Do you know when he does his little like Austin's take yeah. and whatever it is? Spot on. If you listen to the Sky commentary and the analysis from Stuart Barnes, they could not be further apart. Yeah, Stuart Barnes and um what's his name? The the Welsh eight. Scott Quinnell. Scott Quinnell's analysis. I unleash the dragon. <laughs> Scott Quinnell's analysis is <laughs> he's not analysing anything, he's just talking through something that happened that might be of interest. <laughs> Yeah, oh, well. I, I think Dean Ryan was one of my favourites at that in that role. He was great. What have I? What story have I? Got but I just love Dean what, Ryan. Yeah, you're a big, big Dean, Dean Ryan fan. I've got a story about Dean Ryan. I can't tell you on air. I'll tell you off air immediately. Oh no, you can't tease <laughs> no, like I, that. I really can't tell it on air. Retur- returning to Challenge Cup, then. Um, actually, no, because we're talking about developments of the no, game. Let's talk about let's... the most important game of the weekend, which you missed. No, well, just wait one second. Because in, t- in terms of developments in the game, we were talking about the season, April, and stuff. The some the Italian rugby people mm-hmm. are saying they want a third team in the Pro 12, one oh, based out of idea. Rome in the Flaminio yeah, Stadium. Yeah, dilute the content even more. Oh, no, that would work well because that means that um, one of the Italian teams would finish higher up than they did this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it depends if they get rid of another team. Uh, oh. Because you'd have 11-12-13 instead of yeah. just 11-12. Because I know that a- Aberdeen Asset Management, the company, the investment company, were talking about funding a team in Aberdeen as well. So I don't think this will happen. It can't. But I understand what they're saying, that there's a, there's a dilapidated... There's a huge There's outlet. a great stadium in Rome that is just going to ruin. Um, well, well, look, there was, fine, use it, right? But make sure what you fill it with is worth watching. Because at the moment, Zebra aren't worth watching. And whoever the other team are, Treviso. Treviso. It's I mean, a nut and plus. Roni at one point. Dragons was... don't need another team they're going to lose to. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, no, don't bother. Well, in the... fact, concentrate on your own. If you want to fill it, put someone in your own domestic league there. I like that them going into the French division too. And yeah. If they're good enough, they can work their way up. Exactly. And, and that would, like, building build in division two, winning some games, getting some good crowds, pushing for promotion, getting promotion would be a far better 
kind of draw for the fans than just dropping them into the Pro 12 and losing every game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you build the right way and you get promoted to Yornia, you'll build a good following. Now, just like RGC did this weekend. <laughs> just like RGC who did get promoted this weekend. Uh, um, what, what I was going to say was um, Johnny Lewis has sent us an article from, uh looks like the rugby paper uh-huh. this week, which says the Pro 12's uh, chairman... Has uh, it given his name? He's quite switched on this uh, this bloke. Uh, Chief Executive Martin Anai. Anai? I don't know. Anai? But I've listened to what um, I say before and it is actually interesting. Well, this is interesting because he's looking to extend the Pro 12 to two North American teams and possibly some South African teams. What? I've not heard that actually. I thought yeah. it was like when he That's wanted to get London bonkers. Scottish involved. That makes more sense. Yeah, London Scottish or London Welsh possibly does make some sense. Uh, Pro 12 in North America, just, no. Yeah. I mean, Super Rugby works just, I mean, by the skin of its teeth, with some of the best players in the the world. That works better because you have the two kind of the conferences, so most of your games are against the local teams, and you then do a kind of one-month stint where you'll go and play the South African teams. So that works because you kind of group everything together, and then you have a bit of travelling. Tim, have you heard about the rugby league team playing in Canada? No. There's a rugby league team that's going to go in, not Super League, not one below that, but one below that. <laughs> yeah, Division 1. Yeah, uh, Toronto. Toronto, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and they're going to do it in blocks of four. They're going to fund themselves going over there. I've got no idea how they're funding the other teams the other teams coming over. But presumably it's going to be a bunch of like painters and joiners and... You know, <laughs> from from Keithley yeah. and Dewsbury and Workington. Uh, who don't even have access wow. to an international, an international airport. They'd have to go to like <laughs> Manchester or something. Staying in North America, Pro Rugby are running a competition to name the teams in they... the Pro Rugby contest. I thought they had names. Yeah, San Francisco, Ohio, Yeah, they've named, them, they've named the cities that they're from. They haven't named the nicknames. Okay. So uh, they're, they're running a competition to do that currently. Mm, San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, Denver, and Ohio. We should start a campaign. Denver, like... Denver Stoners, because they've, they've, uh, they've already got uh, um... Denver, Denver Rockies. <laughs> it's a mountainous area, and they've legalised cannabis. Perfect. That's not bad, yes. is it? <laughs> I'm, we, I'm very happy with that. We should start a campaign like the Boaty McBoatface campaign. <laughs> yes. Uh, That's a great shout. Right, we've got... We've got ten minutes left, boys. Do you want to talk about this week's games? Can, well, can we quickly touch on a little bit of Super Rugby? Yeah. Well, oh, I'll tell you what. Can, can I just? Oh, sorry. Can, can on, I, right, we'll put this on the clock then because we don't want to use up too much more time. But uh, I'll put this on the clock. Just a quick minute then. So over the weekend, we saw two England squad fullbacks playing for their teams. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mike Brown for Harlequins, Alex Good um, for Saracens, and both of them have been you know, jostling for position over the years with Mike Brown clearly being the England flight fullback. However, I would argue this year, the calendar year particularly, Mike Brown hasn't been at his best mm-hmm. and wasn't at his best. Mm-hmm. Alex Goode has is probably playing the rugby of his life, but does that mean he deserves the fifteen shirt or maybe Watson or but who does? So who would you pick to start England fifteen against Australia? Right, okay. So uh, does anyone agree with me that uh, Alex Goode is like the English Ben Smith? No. No. Why? Absolutely not. No. Very different type of player. Uh, I, 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 Mike Brown is closer to just an all-round very good footballer. In fact, I know further. Mike Brown, sorry, Alex Good is the best all-round footballer in English rugby. Uh, I, I I really believe that. But there was a, a time yesterday in the final where he, he went up to get a ball, 
knocked it on. And I actually thought that there is a Mike Brown moment. Mike Brown doesn't do that. Yeah. So where I, know, I know exactly what you were referring to. Yeah. There, there was kind of no one really around him. The pressure's on because it's a final and all yeah. that. But he should have taken that. And yeah. it was that is reminiscent of when uh, two years ago against Ireland. Mike Brown was injured. Yes, Hood started, and they peppered everything onto everything him. Everything on him, and he made a, he ninety percent of his stuff was was spot on. But he did made a, make a few mistakes, which mounted more pressure, which led to the Robbie Henshaw try. And I do think he's superb in that Saracens team. His all round ball playing ability, he can come in and play to ten like virtually no one else. But I think in the and his feet are brilliant. His feet are good. He's yeah. He's the best kicking player, but maybe, but maybe I would still start Mike Brown. I think I would probably still start Mike Brown. He hasn't been playing at his best. But another thing to throw in is, what about you go for something a little bit different and more exciting? You go Watson fullback, and then you've got a space for Noel and May, or I don't think Watson or someone like Wade. I'm probably say I don't think Watson's even in the same class as those two as a fullback yet. Maybe I, I, in the future. I think you're, I think you're right. I think uh, Watson his. His feet, his pace, his ability to beat a man, truly exceptional, yeah. but far better than either of those two. However, his Jeez. intelligence, his and positioning, his, his kicking and is kicking more important. And Jason Robinson spent quite a lot of time on the wing, but eventually was most devastating from fullback. Yeah. Uh, hmm, interesting. Uh, okay, so I don't actually think um, Watson is better at beating a man than Good. Good always beats that first well, man. Now, so does Brown, but in terms of open space is he more talented probably more talented physically more talented I don't think anyone is as talented as Good with ball in hand I really don't and his passing and the way he makes space out so you'd you'd pick Good to start against Australia yes I would okay I I think you you could pick either yeah Um, depends what you want to do yeah I think you I, I'm interested I, I do in the think, future of Watson at fullback. I do think having Tuolagi at 12, which I've said before, Tuolagi at 12 is more suited to having Good at 15. Yeah, I would walk out and go, is it raining? Yes, it is. Mike, Mike Brown, get, yeah. yeah. Get, get your boots on. <laughs> oh, dry. Alex, you're in. <laughs> yeah. that, that is a good point. Um, and yesterday, I, I did think, because uh, Saracens don't play most of their games on the plastic pitch, I did think that they looked a bit kind of frail everything they had to slow everything down so much because of the conditions uh with with ball in hand and they didn't make the inroads that they normally do now in terms of the global season and stuff you were talking about uh, it would be good to be able to get the england and other squads together for a good chunk of time like they do in new zealand mm-hmm. doesn't seem to have helped the argentinians at the Jaguares, <laughs> does it oh my god right thank you for bringing this up uh you know my my weekly bout of punishment involves watching um Watching Haguares and then whipping myself. <laughs> they, they are just. I, I can't really understand it. I mean, they are better rugby players than the players that they're playing against, but they're so stupid. Their decision making is so <laughs> monumentally daft. I mean, there was one stage in the game last night where the, the ball was flicked with the scrum harvest legs to nobody. I mean, some of the skills are outrageous, but then they just get it wrong. Like there was a half a half field mispass. Which then dri- which then drifted forward. This will shock you. They uh, they scored more tries and then they got penalised out the game. Can you believe it? <laughs> Can you believe that that would happen to Haguares? Uh, and the, anyway, the crowd are good. The kit's good. They're good. Uh, I think their second row might be one of the best in the world. That the young lad, um, what's uh, his name? He's a big old boy. Oh, he's uh, class. Lavanini. Oh, yeah, he's Lavan. so fast as well. So, so athletic, so fast. I don't know if he's just good at running or he's a good second. I I couldn't tell you. You got to remember you're judging him against uh, Super Rugby defenses as well. 
Um, but South Africa, uh, South yeah. African Super Rugby defence. But the New Zealand on. teams are a whole different level to anyone else in that competition. Uh, almost yes. anyone else in the world. Yeah. That that um, Highlanders Crusaders game on Friday morning was unbelievable. I've not seen this. I'm going to go upstairs and watch it as oh. soon as this podcast is over. Right? Oh my god! I would say dim the lights, light yeah. a candle, get yourself some lotions. I mean, yeah, Highlanders. So well, Highlanders is supposed to be like a bench of farmers and two halfbacks. Basically, I mean, that's what I, led, well, that's what I was led to believe. Basically, although they do have Fekitoa and they have uh, Bin Smith. And they have Naholo, whoever it is, Waisaki Naholo, um, and this boy uh, Fart, Fades Fards, uh, the outside oh, yeah, centre, who scored two brilliant tries. <laughs> although, get... although one of them was made with an amazing pass from Aaron, Aaron Smuth, Aaron Smuth. Yeah, but they like last year. It was all about the Canes. Canes were superb. They were hammering everyone with um, Milner Scudder and Surveyor and Corey Jane. Um, all taking care of business. They had uh, Comrade Smith and Nonu in the centre. They had Bowden Barrett, and they were just taking care of business. And quietly, Highlanders got yeah. through every round with kind of under the radar, and then took them apart in the final. And this year feels similar because the last two weeks, like Crusaders and Chiefs have been playing superb rugby, and the last two or three weeks, Highlanders have comfortably beat both teams. And it, mm. this game, it was five tries to two to Highlanders five very good tries Crusaders one of those tries came on the 80th minute so it's five tries to one really and it was just they well, were the better they were consistently the better team right across the park yeah I, I still think Chiefs are going to be the team to beat I really really rate them um, but you're right about Highlanders that no one ever talks about them I wonder if now they're getting a little bit more traction people will start to, to talk about them they've got to take them seriously they're, they're the champions they're, champ- they're current they're champions, the champions. Yeah, exactly. and they've just beaten Two of the best teams in the competition. Yeah. At one great moment from the Stormers Jags game was when there was a Bull, uh, Sharks Sharks Jags. Uh, Sharks Jags. Sorry, there was a a try by Jaguares that that wasn't that was went to the TMO. The referee who was South African was like, "Oh yeah, I think we should I think we should give that." And the TMO <laughs> who was Argentinian, so they both realised that they could be accused of bias. It was such a marginal call. And the the South African referee was like, well, we should probably give benefit of the doubt. We should give the try, shouldn't we, to the Argentinian team. The Argentinian TMO said, well, we should probably not give it. And uh, ended up overruling him. No, I'm more impartial. No, yeah. no, I'm more impartial. I'm the most impartial. <laughs> yeah. uh, did you see any of the uh, fire puppies? I, no. saw, I saw none of the, no, none of the fire puppies. The uh, last, last, they drew with the last kick of the game. They conceded a try in the 80th minute against against the Stormers. They, I only saw the first half of this. They looked really good. They looked great across the board. Their handling was superb. Who their, is, their pack um, held up well? Who is coaching the uh, Crack Foxes at the moment? Uh, Fire puppies. I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, because they are playing good attacking rugby. Their uh, defense is a little bit suspect. In fact, I think one of the American teams should be called Fire Puppies. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Sacramento Fire, Fire Puppies. Puppies. Yeah, I like the way that um, Amer- Americans just add like two things together, like yeah. the Eagle Hawks. Yeah. <laughs> the Ohio Crack Foxes. Crack Foxes. Yeah. Um, I think the f- f- Crack Foxes, um, the, the actual Crack Foxes who play in Singapore and Japan. Um, are going to be one of the success stories of Super Rugby because at the start of the season they were meant to be an absolute joke, but they've won they've won a couple, including one against um, uh, Jaguares and a, a draw against the Stormers. Mm. Be, beating so the Jaguares, 
at Hull, as in when the Haguaris are travelling, isn't the most impressive feat given what we've seen. Of them. Yeah, I guess so. But they are still full of internationals. They will, they are. They've got to get it together soon. I reckon they? the biggest success story about uh, the new Super Rugby expansions will be the the trade boost that Haguaro is coming into town and just going out <laughs> yeah. in, in the bars and clubs. <laughs> I, wish they, I, I wish they played in the Premiership or like in, in a European club. Oh, I'd watch brilliant. every week. I'd love to I'd watch them every week anyway. Well, we got yeah. Mike Phillips coming to Manchester, JB. Don't you worry. <laughs> Nearly there. Nearly there. <laughs> so we got some games coming up this weekend then. We do. It's the semi-finals of Pro 12 and Aviva Premiership. Well, okay. And there's also, isn't it not first leg of playoffs this week? Of the playoff final, yeah. Bristol. Bristol, yeah. Doncaster. Yeah. Southern Money, Northern Grit, Bristol versus Doncaster. Yeah. Which is on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I've, Bristol, finally, surely, they're going to make do it this time. I have time. no idea. I have no idea how... The, how ca- the chasm in the class of player on paper is yeah. ridiculous. That's what they said about London Welsh. Lund- yeah. So, it's... You know, that's, I, I think they'll do it, but I, I honestly Br- have no idea how they've been playing. I have no idea... Their defence has been year. terrible. Their defence has been really bad. They've been looking great in attack, but their defence has been really bad, which is what London Welsh did. They squeezed them and then arm wrestled them and and hit them on the break. Uh, and also, I don't think Doncaster will. No, it is is Henson playing? I, I literally have no idea what's who's going to play, what the team looks like. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who's going to. Vandell scoring tries. That's about all I know. Yeah. I know. Let's it, look- basically, the the well, some some people have said. It has been it has been said that I am only reporting what I have heard and rumours. <laughs> this is not fact, but that the squad basically has kind of uh, two factions: the team Vandell and team Henson. I know which team I'd be on. <laughs> uh, right, uh, probably best with this one then to watch the first leg, get some thoughts and talk about it next week. Well, yeah. that's a good idea. Well, on Wednesday when the game is, mm-hmm. uh, me and you will be travelling back from London. Oh, Tim, yeah. you'll be uh, on air at seven seven forty five. Yes, because we've got the uh, Canterbury training day. Yeah, which I'm very <laughs> excited about. How can I put this in like a really polite way? Um, I'm not going to do it. Actually, I'm not going to. Well, okay. So this training day, right? I yes. think we're with a bunch of bloggers. There's, now, there's a few bloggers, and then there's a few uh, winners from competitions coming in. Okay. Now it's a training day, and I've been led to believe that we're meant to be training. Okay, so I've, I've been training in the gym, you know, ready for tra- the yeah. training day. I've also been around the bloggers quite a lot, and I'm not sure they're up for training. You, they've not shown the same commitment and rigour that you Does have. that make sense? I, I've spoken to a couple of other bloggers uh, who I saw at the Medeski Stadium on the last day of the season who were going to be there, and uh, I said, Oh, 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 oh no, Tim. this is a first. Tim. <laughs> Um, let me turn that off there we go um, and then, no they definitely didn't seem like they were training so basically Robbie Henshaw Kevin Sinfield and oh well it was originally Parlin and those but apparently last, last I heard yeah the, Adam Jones still hadn't been confirmed Adam Jones Adam, Adam Jones. Jones confirmed Adam Jones of Quinns Robbie Henshaw of now Leinster Leinster well, yeah hopefully a little bit longer yeah I'm gonna, all my questions to Robbie Henshaw will all, all be around loyalty <laughs> a loyalty-based theme. So we're going we're gonna to get a bit of time with these guys, and um, they, they've offered us time to talk to them, which will be on the podcast, I'll be and, training and with them. time That's to and tra- yeah. training with them, and then also time to do other things with them. So, like a last-minute suggestion, if you can think of fun things that we could do on video with Adam Jones, Robbie Henshaw, Kevin Simfield, then let us know. I think like racing at, a sprint race against Adam Jones would be quite good. <laughs> um, 
but or wrestling Adam Jones would be good. Not so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite so much. In fact, cats. you could take them all on, JB, at JJB, uh, uh, some Brazilian <laughs> jiu-jitsu. What was that, the stadium? <laughs> <laughs> we'll fill out the, fill out the JJB. BJB, whatever it is, yeah. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I've not done that BJJ, for a while now. Um, yeah. yeah, so any suggestions about stuff we could do uh, on video that would look quite funny? My suggestion, it's got a kind of a, a very mute response from these guys, but I think it's great, is like Im- imagine someone looking like the Michelin Man but with bubble wrap and then just basically being a human tackle bag for the guys to smash. Uh, which one of us is going to do that, Tim? I think I, I'm, <laughs> up for it. I'm up for it if it's you. Yeah, <laughs> if it's your idea, Tim. I think that's a great idea. Me and Phil will be popping the bubbles just before <laughs> impact. <laughs> it would look funny anyway. Um, it would look great. <laughs> so let's do Pro 12 first. Okay. It comes... well, because you care so much about it, you want to just well, yeah, spend... Yeah, yeah. I just want to uh, get out of the way. <laughs> Well, chronologically, okay. Uh, Friday night, seven forty-five. Leinster host Ulster. This is going to be a good game. Oh, uh, we talked about this, this is one. A genuinely good game. This will be a very good game. It will be a really intense game. Le- Leinster at home, I think, will win. Now we had the reverse fixture of this two weeks ago or three weeks ago, yeah. uh, where Ulster won thirty points to six. Um, I actually think that Ulster, as I said last week, their backs are superb. There is a question mark over their tight five, and if Leinster can get on top uh, at scrum time. And if Sexton can control the game and kick the corners and put them in the right parts of the field, then I think Leinster might just edge it. Is Henderson fit? Uh, yes, he's been playing six. That's six a, quite a lot. Yeah, it, it does make a big, huge diff- difference. Big difference. Uh, what's your predicted score on this then? Uh, Leinster by five. I think Ulster will win this. I just have I'd a love, feeling. I'd love Ulster. I have a feeling that they'll cut that they'll cut loose early, and they've just got too much talent. Uh, but Leinster have also got a hell of a talented backline. Like um, Tio and Ringrose in the centre are quality. They're kind uh, of the, the, the you direct can, inside. You centre can actually the... watch the Ben Teo that I want. I've been talking about. Well, I want to go away with England for ages. And but there's also a chance that uh, McCloskey, who is even more physical than Ben Teo, yep. will smash him. Yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. I, I think Leinster will win. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, then. Uh, six six thirty on Saturday evening. Connacht hosts Glasgow. I've got to say, I think this is a Glasgow win. In the repeat of last week's fixture, where Connacht won fourteen seven, partially due to the uh, Glasgow red card, and the wonderful Bundyaki. Yeah, wonderful Bundi Bundyaki. Yeah, so I, I, I hate to say this, but I, I just think that the, the Connacht honeymoon might be over. They've they've done very well to get here. But that Glasgow team is a serious team, and they're well coached, and they're full of internationals, and yeah. they're current champions. Yeah, uh, and they'll go there feeling that they were harshly treated the uh, the week before, and it was raining because Glasgow are a very good uh, rugby playing team. Yeah, so dry conditions, full fifteen without any headbutting props. I think they'll just be a little I, bit. Too I think much. going out to Connor is like is like trying to take Winterfell. It's uh, it's <laughs> it's an it's an inhospitable it's an inhospitable place that is really really hard to take. And I think Connor are going to squeeze it. So what you're saying, you need a kind of a, a sneaky, dirty tactic. Yeah. Dislo- yes. Disloyalty, yes. like like Theon Greyjoy, like uh, Robbie Henshaw, right? Robbie Henshaw, Henshaw. Ru- Bruce Bolton. Yeah, like, like Bruce Bolton. Um, <laughs> I I think I, I, that, that was no spoilers really. If no, you were a Game of Thrones fan no. and you're behind, oh, I, no, I, I wouldn't do any spoilers. No spoilers. Um, um, I think so. Something that um, Saracen spoke about a lot before the final was 
their experience. So they've all been to several mm. finals now, including a European Championship yeah, Cup or a fair. Heineken Cup final. And they said, like, Wigglesworth said the team was noticeably calmer and more relaxed and more prepared for it. And Glasgow have been here and done it. Last mm. few years have been in the playoffs. Obviously, they won it last year. Connacht haven't been in... They've not been in this scenario ever. So... I think the occasion might get a bit too much for Connacht, whereas Glasgow, it's almost like we've, we've been here and done it. So I think Glasgow might sneak this one. Yep, agreed. Come on, Connacht. Uh, and then to the Premiership. Yeah. Uh, 12.30, early kickoff uh, on Saturday. Friday, is it not a Friday night one? No, both what? both on Saturday. 12.30. Oh, rubbish. 12.30, Saracen. So Saturday is going to be a good day. We'll watch Super Rugby in the morning and then start off 12.30, Saracens Leicester. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to watch this on my phone at Lancashire County Cricket Club. I'm I'm, I'm working the um like hosting the NatWest Nat T20 matches. That oh, is that is tough. 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 You'll be watching it in a box it's in tough, uh, right? <laughs> Well, I'll be uh, watching this in HQ in Twickenham. Oh what? yes, you're going down. Oh, you're not going down, Jay. No, I've got. Um... So you're going with Claire. Uh, or are you taking a mate? Uh, taking a mate. Oh, taking good. Mate. Claire, taking... Claire's Claire's working. Taking a. Uh, Ratso. Oh, right. You're in the Canterbury box. Canterbury box. Uh, Twickenham for the London uh, Sevens. Ah, oh, free booze all day. Booze, God food. Uh, players will be there, hopefully. Oh, oh well. Uh, and watching the Sevens Thank as you, well. Canterbury, for your hospitality oh, again. Wonderful. Uh, wonderful hospitality from Canterbury. So, for this first game, Leicester, Leicester Saracens, right? Yeah. I don't think this is as clear cut. Uh, just because Leicester have had a week off. Yeah. Saracens... Uh, we're in a very physical match, regardless of the quality. It's very, very physical. physical. They made far more tackles. I didn't see the final stats, but halfway through, it was Saracens 120 tackles, Racing 60 tackles. So they doubled at that stage. There yeah. again, they do like doing that. That's kind of what they like to sit back, absorb the pressure, and then go forward. They like it, but the the size of some of those boys, uh, Ben Tamifuna and Christmas Soe, and they are big. They're some big ball carriers. Um, um, Eddie Benarus. I do think Saracens will win, but I don't think it's nearly as clear cut as it would have been without the European Cup final. And they've been knockout as well. Leicester are playing kind of wellish. They're, they're playing. Leicester are playing some good rugby. I mean, again, you've got to, got to look out for this very sharp Leicester attacking game. Do they get on the scoreboard early? Do they make Saracens chase? If you take Saracens out out of their comfort zone, you can put up a big score. And they are a good attacking team. So I think Saracens, but it wouldn't surprise them. So I think it'd be a narrow Saracens win or quite a big Leicester win. Yeah, I can I can see that. I can see that. I think Saracens will win. I think Saracens just... Mara, Mara if, think... if they pick Mara to start, they win. Simple. <laughs> he hasn't lost a game he started this season. Don't jinx it. Yeah. Got to come to an end sometime. There was I was trying to find a video to, to finish the podcast with of the, the Saracens boys... Um, Singing in the changing room afterwards, it was really good. I'll try and find it before we're done. Okay. Uh, and second and game is Exeter three fifteen Saturday. Exeter host Wasps. Uh, Exeter. We've Ex- seen Ex- this. We've seen this a few times already this yep. season. Exeter at home are superb. They when they played Quinns two weeks ago, they were just magnificent right across the board. Exeter in the final. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Exeter in the final. That. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That's what I, that's what I want to see. And Exeter can... Uh, well, I, I, I do think all of, the, of those four teams have got enough firepower to beat anyone else. Yeah. But I think it's most likely Exeter-Saracen's final. But equally, you could get Leicester Wasps and... Pick one of the four so as a winner. I want the two teams. I, mean, I don't really care who wins it. Actually, um, I'd like Saracens I, to do the double. I'd love. Exeter, yeah. I'd love Exeter to I win. I don't it. mind. I mean, uh, Leicester are the only team there. I don't really have much love for. I wouldn't mind seeing any one of the other three winning it. The Saracens double is great. Exeter win would just be wonderful. But then, so you know, Wasps is a pretty good story too. And but Leicester this this year they're playing like a, a new exciting brand of rugby. They got some re- seriously talented outside backs, and if they're going to win it, it's going to be done the right way. Yeah. Uh, so what are you going with? Who are you going with, JB? Extra at home and Saracens at home. Yeah, extra Saracens final is what I what I would like to see. That's what I want. I think um, that's the most likely, but I wouldn't be astonished if it was oh. the other way round. Right, right. I hate shall, this song. Shall we this play is out like the worst rugby song? <laughs> shall we play out the podcast with uh, Saracens singing their victory song in the change room afterwards? Good idea. Right. Good. Thank you very much for listening. Leave your reviews on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes, Acast, or wherever else you listen. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, get us on board. We do this fifty-two weeks a year. Um, we do it because we love rugby. Thank you very much for listening. Here are the Saracens boys. Well done, them. Sure, this is cultural appropriation. They're in good shape, those boys. Look at them. Masa Masa Waya. There's hundreds of Maoris scratching their head now, wondering what's going on. That that, fe- that that oh those they ends with a load of champagne and the trophy getting run around and yeah well done it, it ends like all of our podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> 
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> well, I've got the champagne, boys. Here we go. <laughs> hey! See you, boys. 